This is Let's Talk to Lucy, starring Lucille Ball. A very warm welcome to you all. I'm Gary Morton, and now, Let's Talk to Lucy. Hi, this is Lucy, and again today, my guest is Mr. Donald O'Connor, a young man I'm very, very fond of. Yesterday, we talked about Donald's house in Brentwood, California, a home formerly owned by Joan Crawford. And we talked about an average day at home. This is something that Donald doesn't get very much of. Uh, Donald, hi. Hi, hi, Lucy. I don't know if you told me uh, all about a day at home. You said sometimes you wrote uh, music, sometimes you wrote short stories. Let's just go back now to a day at home for a second. You don't sleep late because the children are uh, kind of at you. They're so happy to see you when you get home, I know, that they don't like to have you sleeping. Most children don't like to see their parents sleeping. Did you know that? No, I didn't. That's true. At a certain age, they cannot see you just lying there, inert, you know, eyes closed, because you're out of, you're in another world, and they don't like it. That's why they keep poking me in That's the eye. That's why they keep poking you. That yeah. and the fact that they want you around, up and doing something for them. Well, it's wonderful, too, because, you know, when you come off the road and everything, it really is the... We, we take the children with us whenever we can. I know you do. And it's very difficult now because they're all going to school, so... All of them? Yeah. Oh, yes, it is difficult now. So, consequently, uh, when I do come home, I try to play with them as much as possible and everything. Uh-huh. What kind of games do you play with them, Donald? Well, whatever comes to their mind. They like play... to strenuous stuff when Daddy's around, don't they? That's right. They like to get up on the shoulders, <laughs> and I'm... Getting a little old for that. You spoke about Kevin singing yesterday. Uh, any of them seem uh, theatrically inclined? I think so. You, you, you usually can see with children, uh, um, like with Kevin, he loves to sing. And uh, where they're all show-offs, I must say that uh, these children in this respect are not precocious at all. But they do like to get up and, and do something for you to look at. Definitely. Which and is the, wonderful. And the funniest thing, and it ha must happen to all parents, when Gloria and I, we, if we go out at night someplace and we get all dressed up, then Alicia gets all dressed up in her mother's outfits. And these outfits are the most fantastic things you've ever seen. And Freddie puts on my shoes or my boots, you know, and you'll find an old cowboy hat or something, uh -huh. and then Kevin gets all dressed up. And to see these three characters uh, running around the house like this, yeah. it's really something to see. I hope you've taken pictures of that. Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, you got to remember that. Yeah, I have that quick-developing camera, you know. They so outgrow we... it too soon. I know it. Uh, are you going to allow any of them to take lessons in dancing or singing or anything? I think so. Well, not so much with Freddie and Kevin because they're still a little young, but I'd like to have Alicia see her pick up some instrument or something. She's a very talented painter. Huh? She loves to paint. Oh. And she likes to dance, and she had some lessons. And I think we'll follow along with that. I have a, a converted uh, garage at our house. I saw that. That's yes. wonderful, with the drums and everything. And now a little yeah. theater, and, and the children have gotten the performing out of their systems there. You know, it's been very good for them. And they have uh, put on little plays, and they do practice their musical instruments there, and then they, they're sort of performing all the time for one another, you know. Well, why don't you have the children come over for a split week? And <laughs> <laughs> go on the road. Yeah, we could get and up quite an act with yours and mine. Yesterday we were talking about your series, Fluffy. Um, that you're making with Fluffy the Lion. Mm -hmm. And uh, I forgot to wish you luck. I hope it sells, Donald. Thank you. I really do. I think that every American home should see Donald O'Connor at least once a week. <laughs> oh, you, thank you. No, I really do. I mean that. Thank you. Uh, Donald, when do you get time to play golf? 
I know you love very much. You got to come down to Palm Springs and play, too. I'd love it. I think after I finish at the Sahara in Las Vegas that uh, I'll take some time off. Uh, how did you perfect your <coughs> golf, Donald? Um, do you do that as diligently as you do everything else? I do as much as possible. But as far as the golf is concerned, if I did practice as much as I, as I will say, putting into dancing or putting on a show or something like that, I'd be a fine golfer. It's great relaxation, though, and that's really what you should use it for. It's wonderful. You don't want to be a professional golfer, but it's just... What do you uh, shoot now? Well, I'm, I'm playing to a 10 handicap right now. Pretty good. That's my road game. Hey, do you take your, glo uh, your gloves, your uh, clubs, <laughs> take, wherever you go? I take my glove and my clubs with me <laughs> wherever I go. And I have my tuxedo in there in case I'm called for a quick club date. Yes. I think I'm the only guy in the world that carries a, a tuxedo in his golf bag. I'm sure Gary's got one in there someplace. <laughs> well, no. Or an old monologue. But I learned to play golf, really. I, fortunately, I played with a lot of wonderful golfers, like Sam Snead and um, Jerry Barber, of course, was over at Wilshire Country Club for a long time as the pro. Yes. And I've really only had one lesson. I've had instructions while playing, you know, um, saying, well, you're doing this wrong or what have you. The only lesson I ever had uh, was in driving a golf ball and Dale Andreessen, I believe at that time, was in Long Beach, California. And um, that was actually formal, the only formal lesson I ever had in golf. The Imagine rest of it I just that. picked up. Yeah, when I was 12 years old, I won a tournament, one of Bing Crosby's tournaments. This was in 1938. I won 24 quarts of oil. <laughs> and I wasn't even old enough to drive a car. <laughs> so I used it on my hair. <laughs> oh, Donald. <laughs> You're cute. You've won quite a few awards, as a matter of fact. You have an Emmy, and you have the Sylvania Award. What was the Emmy for? I don't remember. That was for the uh, Colgate Comedy Hour. Isn't that great? It was wonderful. And I never, never thought I'd, I'd get it. And I had just gotten back from Las Vegas. Uh, my name came up, I think, with uh, Jackie Gleason and a few other people for... Um, the outstanding performer of, of a series. Well, I actually was doubling with Martin and Lewis at that time and Eddie Cantor and everyone. So I never thought I had a chance of getting it. And, I was, and everything was in boxes. I, uh, and what do I, you mean? Well, I had just gotten back from Las Vegas oh. and everything was all packed uh -huh. and everything. And uh, I'm sitting there watching and Gail Storm says, Donald O'Connor wins the Emmy. Well, now I was embarrassed, and I wanted to rush down there, but I couldn't find my tuxedo. I oh, found one shoe. You weren't and even everything. there that night. No, and I was so embarrassed. I wanted to get down there as soon as I could. So I, 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 I located my, uh, my tux top, but couldn't find the pants. I found one patent, <laughs> one patent leather shoe. I finally get all these boxes and everything together, and I'm going out the door, and they said, well, thank you and good night. <laughs> and now it's over, and I'm all dressed up in a tuxedo and no place to go. Oh, for heaven's sake. But it was a thrilling, exciting evening, and I was... Um, and you were home enjoying it. Uh, yeah. And, you know, I, they, they've talked about so many times with the Emmys and so forth, the various categories and yes. what makes sense and what doesn't make sense. Yes. For two years in a row, I was up uh, against Bishop Sheen. <laughs> and guess who won it? Yes. He has a bigger following, that's all. Oh, yes, that category bit for the Emmys and the Oscars is a little startling sometimes. You won't believe this, but our time is up again today. Oh, already? So... Please, just one more day, okay? All right, I'm beginning to feel I was born here. <laughs> Bye for now. Please join us tomorrow, friends, when that wonderful guy, Donald O'Connor, will be with us again. See you then. Hi, this is Lucy, and again today, my guest is Donald O'Connor. 
the multi-talented young man, a veteran of every phase of show business, much of which we have covered in the last couple of days, but uh, we still got a long way to go. Donald, dear, hi. Hi, sweetheart. Uh, I would like to have you tell us about some of the people that you have worked with. I understand you were particularly fond of Marilyn Monroe. Yes. What did you work with Marilyn in? Uh, no business like show business. And she was a wonderful girl. We had, uh, we had a lot of fun on the picture. She was an extremely hardworking girl. And we got along beautifully, had a nice relationship. She got along with everyone. I think so. She wasn't yeah. hard to get along with, ever. No, but she was a wonderful girl. Yes, we all miss Marilyn Monroe. You worked with Buster Keaton, Donald. Yes. And Buster's one of my friends and one of my mentors. And I learned a lot from Buster. And you do a lot of Buster's stuff instinctively, I think. I don't know if you ever learned from Buster, but I know you did the Buster Keaton story. Was he with you at the time? Yes, he was. Uh, of course, uh, you know, watching him over the years mm -hmm. and uh, always being in love with his work and everything, uh, naturally that had to rub off on my, my own work because, like, I picked up from everybody. I'm, I'm rather a, I'm a composite of all of the people that I've ever worked with. I never think of you like that, but... Um Okay, if you say so. Well, really. <laughs> the uh, Chaplin that you did, you never worked with Chaplin, did you? No, I never had the opportunity of working with Chaplin. But you do a great Chaplin. Thank you. You, you do one also, don't well, you? Well, I do a Chaplin, but nothing like yours, Donald. Oh, nothing Lucy, now you're much better than I am doing Chaplin. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come now. I work with a lot of people. I think one of the things that are most outstanding in my mind... We were working the Circle Theater in Indianapolis. And naturally, there was nothing to do in between shows but to go out in the alley. And we were working on the bill with B.B. Uh, Lyons and Ben, uh, ben Lyons and B.B. Daniels. They were doing a personal appearance tour yes. at that time. And I met a gentleman uh, outside the stage door, and it was a legit house directly across from the sta our stage door. And uh, we were talking for a while, and we said, would you like to come in and see what a... Uh, legitimate theater looks like so I went in he showed me around the turntable and everything we talked for quite a while and it wasn't until about 10 years later that I realized who the man was and it was Walter Houston oh for heaven's sake and that's one of the most outstanding things in my mind a man was so gentle and so kind and so interested in showing me around yeah Donald if uh, if you had a choice of anything you wanted to do uh, would you want to do something dramatic? I'm always asked that question, and I know my answer. What's yours? Well, it, I would like to someday. Any particular reason? I think in this business now, it's changed so rapidly, and people are changing so rapidly, that they like to, for longevity, number one, I think it's, uh, it's important to do many things besides just be the one personality. Well, there are exceptions to every rule, but uh, number one, it's personal gratification. Um, Number two, uh, it's uh, personal gratification. I think so. And I, there's no other way of getting around it, Lucy. Well, what you contribute to this business and to the world is so great. I don't want to see you change too much. Just, just don't forget that. How about working with Ethel Merman? Ethel's a friend of mine, and I adore Ethel. Did you have a ball working with uh, Ethel? A sensational time. We she's did two quite pictures. Quite a lady, together. isn't she? Oh, she's marvelous. We did two pictures. Uh, um, no business like show business. And we call, call me madam. I tell you, for the first time, we got on the sound stage to record. This is the funniest thing that ever happened. At least it was to me. Now, we're standing about three feet apart. She has her microphone, and I have mine. <laughs> yeah. Now we're doing, I hear singing, and there's no one there. You know that thing? 
and I do the first chorus, and then she comes in. You don't need an alarm. Well, my eardrum almost went. So I said, <laughs> you know how it vibrates with that voice of hers. It's so uh, so much vibrating. Violent. Yeah. So I said, well, gee, I'm I'm starting to go off on the notes. So they separated us. Now we got six feet apart, and we start again. We're still too close. But we, I, we wound up, I was in a booth and she was out on the soundstage. That's how we finally did the number. Oh, I know. But she's something and oh, she's different. And how. She's, I'm so Tremendous sorry. sense of humor. Yes, Never. great. I'm so sorry that she has decided not to do any more Broadway shows. I can't believe that she means this. That's pretty hard to believe, too, because her whole life has been devoted to Broadway. And of course... And Broadway needs her. I think so. Boy, well, maybe if we coax her a little, maybe if we just keep telling her that she made a mistake, perhaps she'll go back. I know that the Broadway producers would be glad to have her back. I know. There hasn't been anything, there never will be anything like Ethel Merman. Do you realize, did you ever hear that medley of songs that she does that are all songs that she introduced? I know it, and it's just a part of them. Oh, it's fabulous. She's, oh, she's a great, great personality. Have you worked with Bing Crosby? Oh, my dear. My first picture was with Bing. Really? Yeah. In uh, 1938, we made uh, Sing You Sinners. That's right. Yeah. You know, Bing is here at Desi Lu now. I saw his name as I went through yes, there. Yes, he's making a It's a, a imprinted on money. And <laughs> <laughs> he's enjoying being back at work. He said he didn't want Hope to have anything on him. Have you ever worked with Bob Hope? I tell you, this is a funny thing because you mentioned Bing Crosby and Bob Hope. I just did a, a, a television show with Bob. And that's the first time we worked together since 1938. Uh, here, I'll tell you quickly, I, uh, I was discovered doing a show for the Motion Picture Relief Fund. Really? In 1938. Uh -huh. They were looking for a kid to play um, Bing Crosby and Fred McMurray's brother in this picture. And they had a commitment with Mickey Rooney and uh, MGM, I think, preempted uh, their commitment. So they were looking for a kid. And Artie Jacobson, a wonderful man, saw me. And then took me over to Paramount, and uh, they liked me, so I was signed on the contract then. But here's the funny part about it. You mentioned about Hope. Well, that was the last, the uh, first time I worked with him was in 1938. Now I worked with him just this past 1964. And, of course, with Bing, I worked with him in 1938. Then I worked with him later, and anything goes. Uh -huh. But here's the funny part now. I talk about Artie Jacobson, who discovered me. And all these years, I've talked about the man who was really the one who was in back of me, who saw some talent here. And he confessed to me just two weeks ago that the night that he saw me, it was his wife is the one who really discovered me because he fell asleep during the show. <laughs> and it was the first time after all these years because I'd always been giving him credit. And you found an honest man. Yeah. How about that? Because he's wonderful. The um, one big conversation I have to have with you, Donald, and our time is up today again, Unbelievable, Already? as it seems. But I understand that you have done quite a bit for juvenile delinquency, and I would love to talk to you about that tomorrow. Okay? All right, sweetheart, if you want me. All righty. I have been talking to Donald O'Connor. Bye for now. Hi, this is Lucy, and again today my guest is Mr. Donald O'Connor, the one and only Donald O'Connor. I love Donald. I, hope... I love you, too. Oh, thank you, Donald. I hope that my listeners have enjoyed hearing about you and your life as much as I enjoy being with you and hearing it myself. Where do you find time, Donald, to do anything for the juvenile delinquent situation in America today? How do you find time, first of all? Actually, I don't have enough time in order to do the kind of work that's needed. 
I've always been interested in this field. I've always been interested in people. And it seems that um, the younger people uh, don't look on me as, a, as a, really as a father figure. We're more or less pals. That's the same great. way with my, my children. So there's sort of a barrier broken down already. And I have had some study, some actual training in this field. Where? Where'd you get training? Well, I went back to Menninger's Clinic for a while. Oh, really? Yes, and Dr. Carl back there was uh, good enough to let the various doctors uh, show me what they were doing and so forth and how I could best help in this field. What a wonderful idea. So it was a thrilling experience for me. and Can I think... you tell a little bit about what they showed you? Well, we went through the boys' industrial school. Uh, children of dissocial behavior, they don't have uh, fences anything of that nature, and they have house uh, parents where they find their children are progressing and they try to put them in a compatible home. And they work out their situations that way. And of course, they come back for therapy. But where is this? This is in Topeka, Kansas. Yes. And of course, the biggest problem is uh, naturally not having enough doctors, enough people to go around, enough social workers and so forth. Mm -hmm. And it's a fascinating field. I've, I've been asked many times if I'd had the ability of choice of going from show business if, when I was a kid, I think I would have gone into this field because it is a fascinating field, a rewarding one, and I think one that, that uh, shows great promise. But actually, as I said before, I, working so much, I don't really have enough time. Well, but you are around. doing many, many things all around the country. Now, what type of thing do you do? Do you go right into what? Actually, my level of, of help is actually in entertaining. Mm -hmm which really is not the right thing, but it's better than nothing. Don't knock it. It's wonderful, <clears throat> Donald. To getting to know um, uh, younger people and to show them that uh, I am interested as well as the people that are actually there every day and working with them. Uh -huh. When you talk to these young people, Donald, what is the tenor of the conversation as a rule? It starts off, I know, with a great deal of shyness from most of them, but then eventually they get to talking about what? Well, you run into different personalities, and of course, they all come on a different way. Mm -hmm. Some will be shy and retiring, and then some will be overt, and some, some are very aggressive, and some very, very hostile. Mm -hmm. What do you tell them? What do you talk about? Well, we usually talk about show business. Mm -hmm. What I do, what my home life is like. What are their questions? About? Just about that, mostly? Just about what they would like to do themselves. The people uh, that they like on the screen or they see on television. Uh -huh. Besides uh, show business, what would they like to do themselves? They talk about their future in terms of getting married, getting having a family of their own. Do they talk about parents? We we'll never go into that, really. It's usually based upon the level of the thing that I'm doing at the time about show business. Saying, how do you get into show business? What did you do? Mm -hmm. And so forth. I think the most important thing with all of these younger people is honesty. Honesty. Because uh, one of the things that, that begins a problem like this is um, a dishonest approach, either from parents or from their associates around them, or not on a realistic basis how life actually is. Mm -hmm. In other words, uh, for an example, you say to a child, don't go near the water because uh, there are crocodiles in there, you know, in the Pacific Ocean. Well, we know that there aren't crocodiles in the Pacific Ocean. Now magnify that over personal problems and what have you. And you can see how the basis for all of this realistic thing when these children start to grow up and they find the fallacy in it, well, where is the honesty then and where is the security? So then they're, they're confused. 
That is only a part of it, of a very, very small part of it. I know, but I know that there are lots and lots of people who should get out and do things, but they just kind of don't know how to go about it. And if they don't have the talent that you have to entertain, they say, well, what could I do? And uh, I am constantly answering letters saying there are lots of things you could do, from taking books or reading books to them or sewing for them or just taking them out for a little outing or just having conversations with them. So I was just interested in what you talked about. Mm -hmm. You're very lucky that you have the uh, entertainment factor because I know this is very, very important to them to it, see something. It is a very, very good opening. Yes, and does get put you in contact with them on a very good level. Great basis for friendship, which they need, I know, all of them. The um, future for you, Donald, what do you hope it holds? Well, I hope it continues, let me put it that way. I've got those kids to feed. It'll continue, Donald. I th uh, well, as we talked about, I don't know, when was it? Three weeks ago? When we... <laughs> a couple of days ago. Okay, we talked about Fluffy. Yes. And that, uh, I think, is a very interesting show, and I hope it sells. Then, of course, I have the my regular dates I play up at Harris and Tahoe. And How are you going to get a chance Vegas. for those if you're doing a series? Well, they'll have to be worked around. The schedule have to be, you know, revamped. What bothers you when you're on the road, Donald? Anything? Yeah, being away from my home and being away from the children. That fortunately, see, like we worked in Tahoe, we spent uh, Christmas and New Year's, so we took the children with us. Yes. And it was the first time they'd ever seen snow, and we had a wonderful time. And we take the children whenever we can. But the one thing that I've always missed is a home life. Yes. And so I think I feel it more than any, uh, any other person who has always grown up in a home, yeah. that I miss it, uh, I think, a little bit more. And I find a great deal of security in that, and I hate to leave it. But, of course, I've got to buy the baby shoes. Yeah. And I, I love my work, too, and I like to get out and keep at it. There's um, a utopia for people like us just in having a home when you've been on the road so many, many years. It's hard for some people to believe that have never been away from their home. That's true. But it's... there's such a yearning to just stay there in the house, isn't it? To just, that's, just stay there. For right? a whole two or three or four or five years and never leave. I tell you, that's one of the reasons I very seldom go out to nightclubs, restaurants and everything. It gets very boring on my wife, but again, see, we were raised two different ways. She yeah. was raised in the home life, I was raised on the road. Oh, I'm sure and always... Gloria's never bored with you. Oh, she's got to be now. <laughs> and... Uh, she would like to go out, and it's really hard to get me out of the house. Yeah, but you do go out. You do your share. I've seen you at some of the functions when we've been dragged there, perhaps, but you're there. Oh, yeah. And I appreciate very much your being here with me for the last few days. I love you, Donald, and thank you very much. I love you, too, Lucy. Bye-bye. Bye. I have been talking to Mr. Donald O'Connor. Have a pleasant weekend, everyone. See you Monday. Are you loving Let's Talk to Lucy? Then you have a real treat in store for you. A new episode is being released every week on the SXM app and wherever you listen to podcasts.